Well, welcome to another episode of today's Conversations on Leadership, powered by Life University. I'm Dr. Jill Lamarsh, your host. And as you know, before every episode, I pick a leadership quote of the week that I believe exemplifies our guest. And this is the one I picked for our guest today. It's by Benjamin Franklin. He says, without continual growth and progress, such words as improvement, achievement, and success have no meaning. Now, most of my guests I know personally, I've known them for years, they're good friends. This is a new acquaintance, but I did a little bit of research and I still think that the quote is applicable and we'll see what he tells us after I introduce him. But Dr. Robert Silverman is a chiropractor, clinical nutritionist, international speaker, author of Amazon's number one bestseller, Inside Out Health. He's also founder and CEO of Westchester Integrative Health Center and the American Chiropractic Association Sports Council named Dr. Silverman Sports Chiropractor of the Year in 2015. His extensive list of educational accomplish, accomplishments rather, includes six degrees in clinical nutrition. Dr. Silverman is on the advisory board of the Functional Medicine University. He's a seasoned health and wellness expert and frequently contributes on national blogs such as Consumer Health Digest. He has appeared on Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, The Wall Street Journal, Newsmax. This guy has been everywhere sharing his expertise, his knowledge, with from what I see, one goal and one goal alone, to help people get well. Dr. Silverman, welcome to today's Conversations on Leadership. Thanks for having me, Dr. Lamarsh. It's my pleasure. What a great quote. I, I was saying, I hope I can remember it because I have to start all my talks with it. It, uh, well, it pinned the tail on a donkey, if you will. I can, I can send it to you, no problem. But like I said, I, I reach out for quotes and I read about the people I'm going to have on. If I don't know, like I said, you, I didn't know you well personally. And I thought this was a fitting quote. So I'm glad you believe it's a fitting quote. So let's get right into this because you know, we only have a short time on this podcast. And I want to ask you questions, uh, obviously, around leadership, around healthcare leadership, about how you show up, how you can help other leaders grow into leadership roles and inspire them to become better leaders. So my first question to you would be, how do you support optimal performance for yourself? And how do you support optimal performance within your organization? Well, that's a great question because I think, you know, referring to the idea of leadership, leadership is a person who leads a group. So we have a nice group uh, in our office. We have a staff. We have a staff of about seven. So within that, the way I do it is I always tell everybody, you got to walk the walk so you can walk the talk. So nobody sees me eating fried foods. No one sees me eating sugar or processed food. No one sees me not getting adjustment. When a, a chiropractor comes over to adjust me, they see it, so they know that I do it. What I do in my office, I do to myself. What I do in my office, I do with my staff. So when someone comes in and asks, is this just a show? It's not a show, it's real. And I think that that's what leadership's all about, setting the example and walking the walk. Don't do like a coach once said to me, do as I tell you, not as I do. That's not an example of leadership. And so I see that you, you know, you're taking this question really seriously, and I appreciate that. And you say that's how you lead your team. And I'm going to assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to assume that's how you lead your practice members, and that's how you're leading your community to better health. Am I right? Absolutely. I would never ask my patients to do something that I wouldn't do. 
um, if I was in the same situation. I wouldn't ask my patients to see a chiropractor because I don't see a chiropractor. I wouldn't ask them to eat well, to change their lifestyle, to keep their immune system strong, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever I ask of them, I expect the same of myself, with, uh, obviously within reason. So if Michael Jordan walks in, I'm not going to see if I can dunk a basketball like him, but I'm going to hold them to the same level. And, and a lot of times that's very difficult because one of the toughest things we have as chiropractors and young chiropractors is you want patients to value health the way that you do. They, you want that passion. You want them to know there's nothing more valuable than health. And the best way to do it, again, is by leading by example. Walk that walk. A great, a great first tip, absolutely. Second question to you is, what are the most important decisions you make as a leader of your organization and your patients and practice members and your community? What are some of the most important decisions you make in those three roles? You know, that's funny because I would probably say, and my friends will say, my wife makes all the decisions, but I'm happy that you asked me and not her. Having said that, I, I think for my patients is always having that decision and making that commitment to getting to leading edge science chiropractic that they can get. My goal every day is the next time they come in to be better than the time I was before. Cause I'm, I'm asking them for time. We're asking them for money. We're asking them for a commitment. So for that patient, it's me always bringing that a game, you know, nothing that happens at home, nothing that somebody said a bad Yelp review is supposed to affect that moment that they walk in. Now you asked about my staff. Um, my staff is again, I never asked them to learn anything or do anything that I can't. Now there are things, you know, technology, I'm just a little older and a little slower, but I never asked them. Um, I, I never asked them to stay late if I wouldn't stay late. Now they know I stay late. I never have to ask them because they're always willing. They, there's like the, the, the patient needs it. I put them in at seven o'clock and I'd be like, oh my God, I have a dinner appointment at 7.30. And I'd actually stop myself and say, you know what? That's what I would have done. But so they're thinking. So again, it's that example. And for my colleagues, because I think you asked that. And if not, I interpreted the question for my colleagues is every day you're an example of our field. Don't be that guy that damages our field. Be that guy that adds to the bricks in the wall to build our field, to elevate it where we're the number one field. No, not just the number one field intrinsically that we know. And always remember you're setting the example. Somebody's watching you. Some young Cairo, somebody else is watching you. Remember that. Because that's really important, especially when you come in and say, hey, I'm a doctor of chiropractic. And I love the fact you say somebody's watching you because in reality, um, you know, I, when somebody says to me, how do you define integrity? I say integrity is how you behave when no one is watching. How are you behaving when no one is watching? Is going to be the way you behave when everyone is watching. So leaders, leaders live a life of integrity is how I'm interpreting the statement that you just made there. Agreed. True, true, true to your core value, if you will. Absolutely. Uh, next question for you. What's the biggest challenge, do you believe, is facing healthcare leaders today? When, when you say, I'll say healthcare leaders, and then I'll segue into chiropractor. I think, I think you're, I mean, you're a healthcare leader. What's some of the biggest challenges you're facing, some of your colleagues are facing? You know, uh, some, some of the issues very simply are disseminating what, where to spend your time, what to learn, which is more effective, what does your skill set know, what's real. Now, and I don't want to use the word fake news, but what's, what's really not oriented, what's empirically studied, what's science oriented, or what is the one guy 
who's starting that fire and you want to be early into it. So I think that's the biggest challenge. And I, I think some of the biggest challenges also are, you know, social media. It's, I call it the girl with the curl. When it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it's bad. So with, with that being covered, um, you know, you have to use your ability to get to people in the proper way and understand that sometimes when you're out there, you know, they're going to take shots at you. So the biggest challenge, again, is disseminating what to do with your time, what to do with your efforts, and how you want to project yourself in this massive hysteria of instant overload of information, the social media, and things of that nature. So can you explain to our audience, what do you believe is the impact of that Web 2.0, if you like, that all that social interaction? What's, what's the impact of that? I think the, it depends on how you look at it. Like I said, it's a girl with the curl, but I think the impact can be very powerful. If we as chiropractors can elucidate a right message, let everybody know our mission and what we do, it's extremely powerful, especially with the right people taking a step forward. You know, every field has people who should take a step forward. Then there are people who should take a step back. I think that the web enables us to really convey the good message. I think sometimes we as a profession, should do a better job because everybody's watching. Even if you only have 400 views, people are watching. So just remember, like we talked about, it's integrity, integrity to your core value and integrity to all those guys who worked in New York before I did that weren't legal and worked in the basement that kept chiropractic alive, that I get to live the life that I do, helping people and living a life of, of enjoyment and value. So um, that would be my biggest takeaway. That's that's good. That definitely is a good a good takeaway for sure. Um, when you look at leadership in general, you know you know people from different walks of life, different businesses, uh, different industries, if you like. When you look at leadership in general, what do you believe is the one mistake that you've seen leaders make more frequently than other mistakes? Oh goodness, um, I I think that leaders don't stick to the plan, don't stick to their mission. They um, they pander, um, and I, I think the biggest thing is that they flip-flop. So um, that doesn't mean you don't evolve. So my, you, you and I, if we talked chiropractic 20 years ago, it would have been different. We still do adjustments, but our philosophy and our evolution may be different, but we didn't flip-flop. Chiropractic wasn't just a, a cup of coffee and we were done. And I think that's the problem, that the leaders flip-flop because they feel so much pressure. And I think they feel pressure because they want to keep their job. Just know that you'll keep your job as long as you do your job. Yeah, you know, and I, I relate that, the answer, that answer, but I also relate it to what you said prior to that, which is you got to walk the walk so you can talk the talk. And some of the errors that I see in leadership is that they say one thing and they do something completely different. So, again, great, great conversation around leadership. Um, what have you done to keep yourself cutting edge and to, re, to keep yourself resourceful, to keep yourself well? Do you, can you share with the audience a ritual or rituals that you maybe have that would be helpful for them to understand? Because I know that personally, I have rituals starting you know, from the moment I wake up in the morning. There's a ritual that I follow. So I prepare my mind, body, and spirit to really be able to serve. What's your ritual look like? 
Well, my ritual in the morning is I get up and I make sure that I brew all my organic coffee for myself and my lovely wife. That's my one job other than taking the garbage out periodically. Number two, I sit there with the coffee and I see anything that happened in the six to seven hours that I slept the night before. So I turn on those articles. So for me, if I find one thing in the morning that I can learn, I am excited for the day because I, like I said, I want to be better the next day for my patients. Uh, as far as keeping myself cutting edge, always reading. Lit art. Articles are right there. Books are great. Everybody should read a book. I try and read a book and an article. But books, having written one and working on a second one, by the time it gets there, it could be 12 months too late. That doesn't mean it's not substantial. That doesn't mean it's not valuable. But if you want cutting edge, you want to read that article. You want to get on like what we're doing right now and talk to somebody and hone your skill. So for me, my goal is always to put two to four hours of work, of learning, whether it's practicing my skill with my hands or um, reading and learning some different things, even just having conversations with someone. For me personally, I'm always trying to keep myself in the best shape that I possibly can. I watch my diet, I eat a strongly organic diet. I exercise every day. I try and get uh, treatment and mobility. I have congenital torticollis, so it's been a lifelong battle musculoskeletally. So I don't want to cave to that. Um, it, it's, it's sort of my chip, not my excuse, if you will. So that's the best way to, uh, you know, you, Again, I, I know it may be redundant, but I, I hope all the young chiropractors listen. It's the greatest profession in the world. You have the greatest opportunity because the people behind us, we owe it to them to do what they did and take the next step forward. You said two to four hours. Two to four hours per day or two to four hours per week? Of per day, in addition to practice and everything. Wow. I okay. my wife over here. She'll validate that. She says it's great time. So you're talking about being 100% all in, fully committed, dedication to continuing to grow and become a better doctor every single day. Every, you owe that to your patients, you owe it to your colleagues, you owe it to the field. You know, one of my favorite scenes in a movie was Casino Royale because other than being a really exciting movie and a reinvigorated James Bond, Daniel Craig was like, I'm all in and everything was in. And at that point, I'm like, that's my guy. Let, if we're in, we're in. You know, jump in the water, don't Test the water, don't test the, uh, the temperature of the water. So I have a great ritual, but it uh, doesn't equal yours. I will tell you that. So kudos to you. Uh, my dedication to reading has always been a minimum of 15 to 30 minutes a day, right? In the morning, I sometimes do through, obviously I read over the day, but my morning ritual commitment was just that. And I can tell you that when you add all of that up over a period of time, over 10, 20 years, I got a couple degrees you're getting like a degree every year by the amount of hours you're spending every day. So congratulations. I think that's awesome. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it, and as you know, it's not about degrees. It's about knowledge. Knowledge is power. They can't take your knowledge away. They can take, they can take the piece of paper away. Exactly. So time, time flies really, really fast. We're, you know, we've got a few minutes left for this podcast. Um, my last question to you would be, what are some of the resources you'd recommend to someone looking to gain insight into becoming a better leader, a general better leader, because our podcast viewers are not just chiropractors or chiropractic students. They're people from you know, all walks of life, all industries, if you like. So what would be your suggestion or what would be some of the recommended resources uh, that you would think would be the best for our listeners and our you know, for me, I, I want to I quote a few books. I want to give you a few sources. 
So I'll pick some people who are leaders and see their, what they've done in their life and, and use that as a resource. So I'll take Sir Winston Churchill, who was proverbially left for dead and during a very uh, trying time became a brilliant world leader and his quotes are looked at all the time. I'll look at, it'd be funny enough, a Michael Jordan, who everybody said was just the greatest basketball or one of the greatest basketball players ever. Yet I look at him and his chip was, he got cut from his 10th grade basketball team. He even talked about that in his Hall of Fame speech. So I look at that and say, you know what? Leadership and being the best at what you do can be a turning point. So all these great leaders had turning points. They didn't stop. And that's the key. So there is no book. There is no EKG. You just have to find something that you love and go with it and understand once you love it, that you're going to want to build a team around you and certain skills will come and be naturally acquired. And then there's all, you, you, all these books out there that you can look at, you know, Dale Carnegie on how to talk to people, uh, Nathan Hill, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, Napoleon, Napoleon Hill is probably you're referring to. And then How to Win Friends and Influence People uh, are two books that my mentor told me way back, 40 plus years ago, that I must read once a month for a year. <laughs> so I read Think and Grow Rich 12 times. I read How to Win Friends and Influence People 12 times, all in the same period of time. So I was reading one book, the next book, one book, the next book, one book, the next book. And I can tell you, it was profound knowledge that I gained because repetition is what really sunk in. And it was about what you referred to a while ago, the commitment, right? The piece of what around Michael Jackson, uh, not Michael Jackson, rather, but Michael Jackson was also dedicated. But I was saying Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan, I'm going to paraphrase a quote, was it was something like hundreds of times I've been trusted to make the game winning shot and I missed. That's why I succeed. That's right. And then he went on to say how many he made. I agreed. If you're not willing to take it, you're not going to be able to make it. And so another leadership quality, would you agree, is a leader is willing to take calculated risks. Agreed. And he's willing to lose and come back and be better and show everybody what it is. Any closing words for our audience, Dr. Silverman? You know, I'm going to give a health quote versus a leadership quote. And the health quote was from one of my favorites who was a pretty good leader in his day, Jim Rome. A lot, a lot of people came out of that seed. Take yeah. care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Ooh, take care of your body, leaders. It's the only place you will ever have to live. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Silverman. Thank you for taking time out of your day to share your insights and expertise on today's conversations on leadership. And we look forward to seeing you again real soon. My pleasure. Hope to see you soon. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you.